I will be reading from John 12, verse 27 to 50. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, we have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of the light. When Jesus had said these things, he just departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him so that the word, might, the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, for again Isaiah said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to, the world, to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that this commandment is eternal life. Whatever, what I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. This is the word of the Lord. So good morning, church. It's me again. Let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, This is your word. You gave it for our edification. You gave it for our correction. And you gave it for our training in righteousness. You gave it so that we can understand the way of salvation, which is through faith in Jesus Christ. By your spirit, make your word do all these things for us by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last week, we witnessed a momentous event, the victorious 
arrival of Jesus in Jerusalem. The crowd cheered, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord as Jesus rode on a donkey fulfilling ancient prophecies and bringing hope for salvation to the people who was around him. But today, we shift our focus from the jubilant streets to a much deeper moment, an intimate moment where we see the struggle that Jesus was facing within his heart. Notice how our scripture begins for this, for this morning in verse 27. If you read it with me, and open your Bibles in verse 27, Jesus says, Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. And he asked to his father, Father, glorify your name. Here, we witness the humanity of Jesus. As a flawless human being, Jesus was capable of experiencing pain and conflict that arose from his human emotions because he was 100% God, but as well, he was 100% human. And so, being a perfect human, he could feel all the suffering that humans experience. But why did he suffer and explain in this moment when he has been telling us that he came for this hour? Why he is saying this now? Why he is saying, now is my soul troubled? And the reason is that Jesus experienced the burden of humanity's sins pressing on him. The immense burden of the world's sin transferred to him, and that caused him to groan and to agonize and to cry out, Now is my soul troubled. You need to remember that Jesus never personally experienced sin or its consequences, such as being apart from God. Never. And now at this moment, and now at this hour, he is going to face that only thing that he never experienced. My soul is troubled. However, the time was coming when he will absolve all the sins of the world at once. And that causes him to be stressed, to be troubled. But in even 
That is the most beautiful thing that we see in this passage. Even when his soul was troubled in the middle of this agony, Jesus confessed at the end of verse 27, but for that purpose, it's like he was talking to himself, but at the same time, he was talking back to God and reminding himself, but for that purpose, I have come to this hour. Jesus had a purpose to fulfill which was more which was more important than his own life that was in his words the plan since the beginning and now for Jesus there was not a turning point he was willingly going to the cross no turning point back. What a beautiful Savior we have, don't you think? But in the middle of this agony, we see the Father. The Father was not silent. In verse 28, the Father's voice resounds affirming that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah. Notice what it says in verse 28. It's a voice came from heaven, and then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. That was the voice. Some people thought there was a thunder. Some others thought there was an angel. But here we are seeing that it's the third time in the gospel that God speaks with an audible voice. Each of these times, he spoke in front of a group of people to confirm the work the mission, and the ministry of Jesus. Jesus was confirmed by God the Father in the moment of his baptism. He is my beloved son. In the moment of his transfiguration, he is my beloved son. And now he is affirming and saying, I have glorified my name in Jesus and I will do it once more. And so Jesus explained to those who heard the voice in verse 30, and Jesus said, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Jesus was saying, I know who I am. I know what was my purpose to come. But this voice is for your sake. It's not, my, it's not for mine. It's for your own benefit. And after being affirmed as the Messiah by the Father, Jesus gave a prophecy in verse 31. The prophecy was that the judgment of the world was at hand and that the ruler of the world soon will be vanquished. Notice what it says in verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. 
Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. This fulfill God's promise in Genesis chapter 3 of a deliverer who would defeat evil. In this promise in Genesis, God told Adam and Eve that one of their descendants would, would bruise the head of the serpent. Do you remember that passage? And now Jesus referred to us casting out the ruler of the world. Jesus was declaring that he was the fulfillment of this prophecy. I am the one who is going to bruise the head of the serpent. I am the one who is now casting out the ruler of this world. However... However, the realization of this prophecy requires a necessary condition to be met first. And that's what we find in the next, in the next verses. There is just one necessary condition to be met, and that is a sacrifice. There must be a sacrifice Notice what Jesus said in verse 32 and 33. It says, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And notice the, 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 like the, the commentary that we find after this, this saying of Jesus. He said this to show... But what kind of death he was going to die? When Jesus talked about being lifted up, everyone there understood he meant crucifixion, which was a Roman term for execution. Jesus was saying that the cross was essential for achieving victory. When he was crucified, it guaranteed the defeat of the devil forever. When I am lifted up, when I am at that cross, then is when the prophecy will be fulfilled. The enemy is defeated. However, some people question how he could be the Christ if the scripture said that the Christ would remain forever. What are you saying, Jesus? You are saying that you are the Christ, but you are saying that you are going to die. And we know that the Christ will never die. Can you explain? Can you elaborate? But Jesus, instead of giving a complicated theological answer, he used a simple analogy referring to himself as the light. Because I think 
then and now everybody understands what it's like to have light and not to have light, darkness. So notice what Jesus said in verses 35 and 36. I am among you for a little while longer. And he says, walk, walk in the light while you have the chance. That's what's saying there. Or darkness will overtake you. And he continues saying, those who walk in darkness don't know where they're going. And at the end says, so believe in the light while it is here. And you will become children of the light. Jesus was urging them to trust in him. You don't need a theological explanation. You need the light, and the light is in front of you. Believe in the light. He was extending. He was urging them to trust in him and to follow him before it was too late. My dear brothers and sisters, Boys and girls, little boys and little girls. Today, Jesus is still inviting us to believe in him. Naomi, today Jesus is inviting you to believe in him. Annelise, Amelia, Isaiah, Levi, Tim. No matter the age, this, this invitation is still open to all of us. We have a responsibility to size this present opportunity. If we hear this call today, If we hear this call today, the door to salvation is wide open for all of us. J.C. Ryle, some are going to be very happy to hear J.C. Ryle here, but J.C. Ryle says, the chance to believe in the light will not be available forever. One day, the throne of grace will be replaced by the throne of judgment, and the door to salvation will be permanently shut. And he says at the end, let us act now and embrace the opportunity before us. I don't know in the darkness that you may be in today, but there is an opportunity. Jesus is the light. Believe in the light. But let's continue. 
Let's continue here with the results of this message that Jesus was giving to this crowd that was following at the uh, uh, triumphal entry to Jerusalem. Let's see how they respond. And the first response, the, the next part of our passage tells us that the first reaction, the first response to the message of Jesus was unbelief, was rejection. And John, the author of the gospel, highlights here the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy concerning unbelief and the hardening of hearts. If you read verses 38 to 40, he says, So, what happened with these people in front of Jesus is that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah is fulfilled. And says, the prophecy, Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? These people knew all the signs and miracles that Jesus did. The stretched and strong arm of God was upon Jesus to make or to do all these signs. But they didn't want to believe. Verse 39, therefore, they could not believe. For, I again, for again, Isaiah said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I will heal them. Despite witnesses, the witness. Witnessing the miracles and hearing the teachings of Jesus, some were following Jesus and were claiming Hosanna, remain with a hardened hearts. God in his sovereignty allow, allows this hardening to occur as a consequence of the persistent rejection of the truth. This passage talks about an important topic related to God's sovereignty and human responsibility. It's worth noting that God doesn't make people not believe even if he allows their heart to be hardened. Instead, the hardening is a result of the individual's choices and rejection of God's revelation. In verse 37, we see that even when people witness many signs, they still choose not to believe. So the issue is not a lack of evidence or logical reasoning. The hardening is a gradual willingness to reject God one step at a time. And that was the first reaction to the message that Jesus was giving them. But the second reaction is fear. 
Read with me verses 42 and 43. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believe in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. And the reason is this. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Fear of losing a position. Fear of losing control, fear of losing reputation is what hindered them to confess that Jesus was the Messiah. This fear stopped them for, from fully embracing the truth and caused them to miss out the amazing light right in front of them. Fear can really hurt our faith and our relationship with Christ. It's not different than, than the times of Jesus in our times. It happens as well. Our prayer should be that when fear comes our way, we need to remind ourselves of the love of God in the cross. Because fear casts out. Because love, I'm sorry, casts out away fear. Yeah. So we come then to the last part. In the last six verses of our scripture reading, we find the last words Jesus said in public. After the last verses of chapter 12, Jesus will speak only with his disciples. So here is register an important message worthy of our attention. Because it is here that Jesus publicly explained for the last time the reason why he came to this world. The reason why we should believe in him. This is his last public speech in the last six verses. And the first reason to believe in Jesus is because, Jesus said in verse 44, to believe in Jesus is to believe in the Father. Jesus did not come to do his own will, but the will of the Father. God is the one who initiated the plan of salvation to Jesus Christ. And he sent the Son to do the work of salvation. And so, when we believe in Jesus, we believe in the Father. 
The second reason to believe in Jesus is in verse 45. It, it is because to see Jesus is to see the Father. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. It's verse 45. And the word see in Greek is theoreo, which means to study or to reflect. Theoreo is the root for our English word theory. And to study Jesus, to study his teachings, and to study his work and his ministry is equivalent to understanding, to knowing, and to seeing God the Father. So you want to see God the Father? You need to study carefully, diligently, Jesus. The third reason to believe in Jesus is because to hear Jesus is to hear the Father. In verse 50, Jesus delivers a message that originates from the Father. He's saying, I'm not speaking my own words. The Father's message is this. The Father's message is that Jesus is the light, that Jesus is the way, that Jesus is the truth, and that Jesus is the life. This is the message that Jesus is sharing with us from the Father. And the last reason Jesus gave us to believe in him is because rejecting Jesus means a judgment on the last, on the last day. That's what we read in verse 48. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. At, at some point in the future, my dear friends, Life as we know it will come to an end. God has appointed this time and it is inevitable. You and I cannot stop it. It will mark a change in how things are done. Buying, selling, planting and building as we know it will no longer be Banks and stocks will disappear and governments will dissolve. The sun itself will stop shining one day. So what Jesus is telling us in his last public speech is that we must keep this final day in mind always. On this last day, we will be judged based on whether we believe in Jesus as the light or rejected him and lived in the darkness. This choice will determine our eternal fate.
So will we choose to believe in the light that shines in the darkness? Or will we allow fear and harden of heart to sway us away from Jesus? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we stand humbly by your immense loved display through Jesus. The light in darkness, the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you for the victory achieved on the cross, offering eternal life to all who believe. And as we close this time and sing in Christ alone, may its words strengthen our commitment to follow you and to embrace the gift of salvation that you came to give to all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.